I am terrified that there's a technology out there that might give a personification to the sleep paralysis demon. Like I can't, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. I don't, I don't want to play this game anymore. Hello to all my guys, gals, and non-binary pals. My name is KJ. My name's TM. And we we're back. Are we wait, are we are we back? Did you press I the mean like back in the New York groove, my brother, yeah. I pressed it about thirty seconds ago. I've never been in New York, so like I don't really know about like being in a New York groove, but could I just be in like a like a good podcasting headspace is that that doesn't really roll off the tongue in the same uh, way. No, a lot doesn't so i'm i'm just gonna endorse yeah. it because i'm your friend okay thank you um man a lot has changed we've been gone for a very long time i'm sure over time uh we will get caught up on life changes that have happened but the biggest change is uh is the podcast title um which is now junk drawer and no longer we out here on b because it turns out um, I got really tired of explaining what we out here on B was referring to. You know, I got really good at explaining what B was all about. And, and I'll tell you, I think it's something that you just have to grow into because I'll tell you, about 30 minutes ago, I had a friend ask what I was getting into this evening. And I was like, oh, and, you know, uh, KJ and I are recording our first, taking our first pass at um, this new podcast we're doing. And they asked me what the podcast was about. And let me tell you, I took no less than 16 minutes trying to explain to them what this podcast is going to be about. And I imagine yeah. that you can do a way better job. So if you don't mind, can you just like take, yeah. a, take a hot take? So everyone has one. Everyone has it. It doesn't matter. Your mom has one. Uh, your great auntie has one. Every single person has a junk drawer. And when I'm thinking about my recent loose ADHD diagnosis, um, I feel like my brain has become a junk drawer. Mm. Mm -hmm. Your brain has definitely become a junk drawer. No offense. Um, (laughs) And it's just really relatable to start thinking about the way that you sort of um, internally file the just copious amounts of useless information that you obtain over the course of a day (laughs) and how it builds up day over day. And I, all of this sort of comes to fruition for me when I'm playing, uh, the, playing along with the TikTok trivia folks. And I know the answers to all the questions. And my girlfriend is like, what? And I'm like, it's because my brain is a junk drawer. Um, so I think instead of it being strictly focused on this balance between, you know, video games and our nerdy versions of psychology, we're going to be giving you kind of a glimpse into our, our little individual junk drawers uh, by sharing interesting things that happen to catch our attention and and deeply discussing it if it's interesting enough to do that. Yeah. That was less than 16 minutes. So you did a great job. Thank you. I uh, I didn't even practice. And see, here's the thing I did, you know, (laughs) perhaps that's the issue I have. Um, more than happy to be here with you, share a podcasting space again um, with one of the great minds of our time, everyone. One of the minds of our time. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you. And I'm, I'm very happy to be back. And, and at some point, I think we should, we should definitely discuss your name change um, mm. when the time comes, uh, as you will be going by TM henceforth. Um, and the, uh, the podcasting information has been updated to reflect that. So you have the support of the podcast on this journey. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Thank you so much, podcast. Thank you so much, listeners, um, in, uh, in supporting me in this wonderful transition. Speaking of listeners, really quick, um, you know, we took uh, essentially two years to gather our thoughts. And, uh, you know, recently looking at the analytics, um, we have one really big fan in the world. And I was, I was talking to my, my girlfriend about this, and, and she said I should thank that person and then also offer them some stickers. So I'm going to make the link to contact me active. Contact me, uh, unless you're somebody that I know, in which case don't contact me, continue to be a mystery, and I will send you some stickers for the podcast, because uh, there's one person that's just been sticking with us for a long time and listening to podcast episodes that are very old. So hopefully you'll be pleased to know that there are new episodes. Yeah, and you know what? We've had a lot of fun trying to figure out who you are, uh, random, <laughs> dedicated listener. There's been Sweet many dedicated. theories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we've kind of landed on, well, we don't fucking care who you are yeah. um, because you're a supporter and we love that about you. So keep on yeah. keeping so on. I'll gift you stickers. Yeah. So um, should we jump into this? The, uh, the new temporary, probably open to adjustment uh, approach for the podcast? Absolutely. Okay. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Um, mine's a little heavy in a way that, like, is like a heavy meal. Like, you might not want to go to bed with it. Um, okay. But you also might not start the entree off uh, with this, with this, uh, okay. very, so, like, mine yeah, this, is, mm, I'm like what, an amuse-bouche is what you're saying. What I'm getting at is I'm making a very poor food reference to the fact that my article is a little heavy, but not too bad. And I like yours. So let's start off with yours. Okay. So this one's coming at us from LiveScience.com, uh, and it's about a new thought-controlled device that reads brain activity through the jugular. Mm. So previously, brain devices would need to be in your in your brain, like actually in your brain. They have to like, um, you know, do like open brain surgery and mm -hmm. put it in there. Yeah. But now. Yeah. Uh, after being fed through the jugular vein, a tiny thought-controlled device can record brain activity from a nearby blood vessel, thus eliminating the need for doctors to crack open your skull. And this is based on a small trial, so it's still still up in the air. But the device, which is called a stentrode, I might be saying that wrong, but we'll just go that stentrode feels right, Centrode. is designed to let people with paralysis operate assistive technologies using only their thoughts. Dude. For example, trial participants use the device to generate text messages and emails and do online banking and shopping. And this is based on a report by JAMA Neurology um, from some just, you know, again, early trials. Uh, so people were able to go from like full paralysis, constantly needing help with like everything to being able to be fully functioning in regards to like you know, computer control, which is going to open up a whole new world for a lot of people. 
Yes, for a lot of people. Wow. So let's go back a ways. Um, Previous mind reading devices designed for similar purposes are typically placed on top of or within the brain during open brain surgery. They can implant this tiny little guy without having to do that. So just the jugular is in the neck, right? So they just right into the jugular, less invasive. You're probably out of the hospital within the same day. And now you have all of this freedom that you didn't have before. I mean, I'm thinking of what immediately comes to mind here. Not only are like people with even partial or even full paralysis, but there are some sort of disorders um, that even cause temporary paralysis that really disrupt people's lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's coming to mind immediately? Um, Guillain-Barre, right? Which we know is Mm. small risk. Um, Everyone who uh, participates in vaccines has a small risk of developing Guillain-Barre. One of the uh, scarier side effects of that syndrome is um, paralysis. So to be able to participate in a considerably less invasive procedure that would allow you essentially to get your autonomy back in, in the face of, you know, a, a disease or, or a progression or even an injury is pretty groundbreaking, dude. Yeah. And we can definitely talk a little bit more about the the, the types of diseases. So the, the trial involved four men of European descent with ALS, um, mm. which of course oh, is wow. a progressive disease that causes nerve cells that control voluntary movement to just kind of slowly die. Um, at the time of enrollment, all the trial participants had severe upper limb paralysis and varying degrees of lung function and speech impairment. Each participant had the stentrode placed in their superior sagittal sinus, a large vein that drains fluid from the brain into the jugular and lies adjacent to the motor cortex. So the getting the signals to the motor cortex, that's the key to all mm. of this. So it just gets in there and then it allows those little blood vessels and stuff to send the signals to the motor cortex. The device itself is made up of a net-like material that contains 16 electrodes. Doctors feed the device into the body using a catheter, and once it's in place, they expand the mesh so it lies flush against the walls of the sinus. The implantable brain-computer interface, or BCI, company behind the stentrode, uh, they kind of just like laid all of this out. So I know... The goal, I think, is eventually to post all of this to a website, which is like in process so people can read about this um, if they want to. So the, the wire runs from the electrodes to a small electronic device in the chest, which wirelessly transmits brain signals recorded by the device to a computer. And everyone tolerated the procedure well and were discharged within 48 hours. So not quite a day like I had uh, originally suggested, but very quickly, definitely longer than, you know, when they crack open your skull. Right. Wow. So, yeah, uh, they maintained a stable signal throughout the study and all participants successfully controlled a computer with it. So early trials are very positive and can just the, the game changer is going to be for diseases like ALS and, um, and the things that you mentioned is just, it's, bonkers to me yeah that's fantastic i um yeah (laughs) i wonder um sometimes i get what i call the forgetfuls um and i wonder (laughs) i wonder if somebody (laughs) with considerably less injury 
or a debilitating disease, such as myself, uh, could benefit from a little implant that could help read my mind and control the organization of my thoughts. Well, I'm thinking about this from, I mean, obviously, I think that would be extremely helpful. It's like a like a personal assistant in, in a way that you could have it help you stay organized by just kind of keeping track of all of the, the, the nonsense words that pop into your head. But could you imagine it from like a dream analysis perspective? Um, oh, my God. Say that you're hooked up to this BCI and you go to sleep and you keep the computer running and it's like transmitting your subconscious uh, into words or, uh, you know, whatever context. Um, That would be fucking wild. (laughs) That would be fucking wild because then you could have an, an AI take that data and recreate your dream for other people to see. Okay, well, that's now that sounds terrifying. <laughs> Once you bring AI into it, then I'm like, this is not fun anymore. <laughs> I need you to not resist the the inevitable evolution of us Could becoming you imagine robots. The way that your nerve cells contain the information of your like sleep paralysis demon. <laughs> See, I was good. I was readying my comment. It was going to be an academic one, um, but then you went you went left with paralysis demon. And let me tell you, um, I like the way you think. Uh, I'm just thinking yeah. about like all of my worst like anxiety dreams, and then uh-huh. like getting to play it back. There was totally an episode of Black Mirror about this. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I don't like this anymore. Yeah. Good no. for disease, bad for dreams. That's the. That's my official hot take. Yay for progress on helping people with degenerative diseases. Um, Please don't ever put it in my brain when I'm sleeping. That's. I will absolutely volunteer. That's my hot take. Yeah, I'll absolutely volunteer um, for my dreams to be analyzed. Um, It's not going to be fun for anyone who participates, myself included. Uh, You will get a lot of random things um, coming across your computer screen. Could they be analyzed and then just sent immediately to your therapist? <gasps> just uh, don't even show it to me. You know? I don't want to see it. I already yeah, saw exactly. it. I watched this there show is. already. I don't need to see the rerun. <laughs> ah, exactly. Um, dreams are now in syndication. Yep. I can imagine it being read like a script. It's just me being forced to eat oranges by so many people from my past. And uh, like, where do you go from there? What, what kind of dream is that? Can we, hold on. Oranges? It's Listen, it's been a recurring dream for a while now. People from my past like, have been force-feeding me oranges. Um, upwards of six years now in recurring dreams, yeah. That's a weird one. The weird part about Are it is... Are we talking is, like... Yeah, the weird part about it is that the, the enforcer changes. Wow. Often. Yeah. Weird. I know. So, like, what does science um, say about that? Stress. That's what science immediately yeah. says. Uh, I would like to give that stressful. to science, though. You know? Like, yeah, take this. You can have it. If others yeah, can this learn. This is yours now. <laughs> Put that thing in Here's my Here's a question. Are we talking blood oranges? Are we talking we are, navel oranges? Are we going no. straight to Mandarin? Like, where are we at on this? Um, we're in the, we're in the, we're in the, like, cutie slash halo slash tangelo size. Mm. Um Definitely not okay. a blood orange. Those are one of my favorite fruits ever. Um, I would enjoy okay, that. Okay, well, drink. I'm glad that they're not taking that from you. Yeah, me too. 
It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, now that we talk about it, I d- perhaps this is best left in the hands of uh, healing instead of <laughs> yeah. analysis. See? Yeah. See? Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's safe. Um, I think it's safe. ALS, uh, you know, any kind of locked in sort of paralysis, keep it there. They need it. Help them. Help them first. Um, maybe exclusively, actually. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it anymore. I am terrified that there's a technology out there that might give a personification to the sleep paralysis demon. Like, I can't. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. I don't, I don't want to play this game anymore. So, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. Overall, for science and, and, and you know, progression through disease, uh, thumbs up. Uh, for yeah, what, I would give it an enthusiastic yeah. thumb up. Thumb up. Don't Just one it, thumb. Don't give it to us, because you clearly see what we would do with it. Thumbs down. Thumbs down to us. This is the... We're, what we're walking through right now is, is the reason why AI is also terrifying. Because you put it in the hands of, like, normal people who are going to find some weird way of, like, making it terrifying. So, uh, medical devices helping people who need it, thumbs up. Uh, in anywhere near my proximity, um, just every thumb down. Everyone oh, that I can muster. Every, every single yeah. thumb. My dogs don't have thumbs, but if they did, like, go put them down, too. The thumbs, not the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it uh, looks like it is my turn to share um, some fun facts. That is just... tough to top that, honestly. I mean, how, how can one top the ability... It's not a competition. To turn dreams into reality. And see, that wasn't even what the article was about, yet that's what we take from it. Yeah. Well. Interesting. (laughs) You know, as one does. (laughs) Oh, indeed. Okay, cool. So I'll tell you, I I am a a connoisseur, if you will. I am a patron of many an online magazine, um, including Real Simple Magazine. And I know what you're thinking. Real Simple. Listen, it's not nearly as simple as they tell you, first of all. Um, as, a, as a patron, I uh, recently, because, you know, I don't want to disclose the date by which we recorded this because I don't know when we're going to actually publish it, but it is on or around the holidays. I'll tell you that. Uh, this real simple magazine was the holiday edition uh, at the tail end of 2022. Um, so all of the articles were really geared through the lens of the holidays, um, but I think I found a good one. It's called The Upside. Yeah, I will. It's called The Upside of Feeling Down. Oh. I know, right? Stunning. I, I, stunning. I love a good title. And, yeah, uh, that's a good one. That one immediately caught my eye. And so I'll give you the b- brief recap. I think um, what's more interesting to me is sort of how we are going to relate to the material. Um, So I can go ahead and break it down for you. uh, And we will actually have a list. (laughs) Break it down. We'll have a list of all the articles that we reference or any books or any other uh, materials that we reference at the end of the podcast uh, for you to fully digest all of this material yourself. Um, But the upside of feeling down, this article was written uh, 
basically, it's about uh, toxic positivity. I don't know if no one is okay. familiar with toxic positivity. Um, this is a concept. Uh, and, and it was cited in the article, and I was unaware at the time, but I, I agree now in retrospect. Um, America is fucking obsessed with happiness, right? Um, and that might be a surprise to you, KJ. But... Uh, yeah. <laughs> No? Is it a surprise? Not really. I mean, I I follow a lot of like, well, I actively don't follow a lot of people who are like this, but I, because I do pay a lot of attention to like fitness and like, Hmm. I generally tend to be in a business that's like kind of on the cusp of this most of the time. Like Hmm. it really could, there are some toxic tech bros um, who are all about that, like positivity and like gross, like hustle culture. So like, it's not surprising, but, like, I'm very curious as to, like, how this article is going to go. I know what you're referring to. Is that, like, rise and grind sort of, you know, bootstraps. Yeah. You got to, yeah, you, you got to earn what you what you want, right? Which, you know, that's a whole other conversation we need to have about, like, uh, work-life balance that doesn't fit here. Uh, I'm sure we'll get to it at some point. But this, like... <laughs> This obsession with happiness, which boggled my mind at first because I was like, everybody I know is miserable. But mm-hmm. I think the article's right. Everybody I know is in this almost desperate pursuit of happiness. Um, and it does come out in certain ways. It comes out in the way that we talk, in the way that we um, relate to others. Um, it comes out in the way that we relate to ourselves. Unfortunately, it does. Um, sort of put us in a place, a Pollyanna place, if you will, where we get to uh, a, a, a place where we're gaslighting ourselves and we're uh, covering up or masking any sort of negativity or negative feelings or emotions that we might be having. And so this article really highlights the negative effects of toxic positivity. Uh, and as I mentioned, it was mm-hmm. explained through the scope of holidays. So it's citing pressure that we feel to be chipper and to not be a Scrooge. <laughs> And to really sort of lean into this season of gratitude or the season of giving, uh, right? Mm. And I think I'm definitely guilty of, I think, maybe responding to somebody who's having a negative experience or who's even sharing a, 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 a tough feeling or emotion with me with telling him, oh, you know what? It's okay. The grass is green. You can't see it right now, but I promise it is. All you have to do is, you know, maybe... Maybe lean into a little bit of a little bit of joy. Maybe find the joy in your life, KJ. Right? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how you fix it. What do, what do we learn from this experience? I bet there's something great in there. There's something Ooh. great hidden in this terrible experience. He just said, "That's what I'm guilty of." Like, what do we yes. learn? What great exactly. thing can we pick up from this? What fucking silver lining's playbook? Yeah, is it me? Am I? Am am I the problem? So the good news about this article is that it also talks about the positives of negative thinking or negative emotions, right? So when we talk about negative emotions, I'll let Brene Brown in her most recent book, Atlas of the Heart, sort of lay it out for us. Negative emotions are the ones that we we have the least experience uh, owning up to. We have the least experience uh, really feeling. And certainly, believe it or not, they're actually, even though we're so removed from them, they are the emotions that we are able to name the easiest. Um, yeah, it's so interesting, right? And when when I was reading this article, I thought about this, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, 
yeah, I um, I really, I really struggle with anger a lot of the time, uh, which is viewed by the vast majority of uh, the people that Brene Brown has talked to, and certainly uh, probably anybody listening to our podcast right now would consider anger to be a negative emotion. Yeah, I don't think anyone could disagree with that. Yeah. So really, when we talk about the positives and negative emotions, it's really just underlining the concept of, and I'll quote the article here, you got to feel it to heal it, right? So I, I, I want to relate to that in that, the way to battle toxic positivity is the exact um, opposite of what we are um, teaching ourselves and how we treat ourselves. What we're supposed to do, and the article does break it down and give you a few tips um, on how to experience negative emotion, emotions in a way that sort of help you versus hurt you. You really mm-hmm. do have to sit in it. Turns out you have to feel these negative Ugh. emotions. Oh my gosh. Stop. This is the same conversation I've had with my therapist for like three straight sessions. Because yeah. I I intellectualize my feelings instead of feeling my feelings. Say more about that. Apparently that that's not ideal. So instead of like sitting with it, I'll just say like, oh, I'm feeling X negative emotion because of Y. And then mm. I just go, oh, well. And then I, I'm like tox, toxic. Uh, I, I just do it to myself. I'm just like, I'm going to hit myself with the toxic positivity and then um, get over it. Bootstraps. Go for a bike ride. Does it work? your way out of this feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does if you're trying to not feel it, but it doesn't do great if you're uh, stuck in a series of behaviors that's making you feel that way. Yeah. I get that. It's just masking. Oof. Let me tell you, uh, my experience definitely is um, don't show any emotion, don't show happy, don't show sad, don't show angry, uh, in fear that in doing so, you will make whoever is around you uncomfortable, um, mm. which is a wild thought, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which a lot is a, is, is a, a true denial of self, uh, true denial of experience. Um, but I'll tell you why I brought it up earlier that I have a really weird relationship with anger, uh, is because anger is how those emotions eventually do come out for me. So I will deny, deny, deny until they blow up and I look like a a five foot one Hulk and I'm just like ripping through. (gasps) Yeah. Whoever and whatever is in my path. And let me tell you, I, (laughs) anybody that knows me, uh, that, is listening can understand i'm sure at some point they've seen me sort of have a battle with anger um but i i do want to speak a little bit more on specifically anger um i'm going through the artist's way right now which is Mm. um yeah so i'll explain that real quick it's like um it's like a 12-step it's modeled after a 12-step recovery program but it's geared toward people who are looking to create um more space in their life for creativity or allow their creativity to, to, to work through them uh, and for them. So anybody that um, is a writer or a painter or um, a musician who may be blocked uh, often goes through the artist's way steps. Um, I am not a creative and I endeavor to be, and that's why, <laughs> that's why I'm doing the steps to see if I can, you know, muster up some creativity in my life a little bit. But um, going through emotions, working through your emotions in an authentic way is part of that process. 
And one of the most beautiful quotes I've ever heard about anger that really put it into perspective for me comes from this book. And there's a part in, uh, I think it's the week three, where it says, anger is not the action itself, which is very much my experience, the action of anger, the, the personification of anger. So, so anger isn't the action itself, it's action's invitation, which is so interesting. Interesting. So when we think of negative emotions, yeah, so when we think Mm -hmm. of negative emotions, right? Put yourself in a position where you're thinking about feeling a negative emotion, right? What they're saying in this article, what Brene Brown also attests to, and certainly backed up by a third reference here, that artist way, is that anytime you're having a negative emotion, that's just an alarm for you to pay attention to yourself. Bring yourself back to your body. Bring yourself back to your experience. Mm -hmm. Right? And I'll tell you, I think you've shared this with me before, and I hope it's okay to share on the podcast. You have shared with me sort of your journey through anxiety and how sometimes that manifests in your body, and it may make your belly hurt a little bit, right? Oh, yeah. It can manifest in so many ways that I've learned about in the last couple of years. You feel like you're having a heart attack. You're sick Mm -hmm. to your – you could be sick to your stomach. You could just – I mean, there's so many more things than just the feeling of anxiety, that I now know if I'm feeling it, it's even like weird referred pain. Like I'll just be sitting around. I have a desk job. I work out, but like I have a desk job and I'll just be sitting around and I'll just get this like sharp pain. And then instead of just going like, oh, I must've hurt myself. It's like, okay, well, what's, hold on. What's going on in my body right now? Why am I, oh, I'm experiencing some kind of anxiety. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. let me, do a little box breathing or something and get myself back out of it. I love that. I also love that it's like, strange. when you, when, when you made sure to say that you work out, even though you have a desktop. <laughs> yeah. I was just nearly like merely pointing out the fact that like, I'm, I'm obviously like the clumsiest person on the planet, but like I have a desk job, but like, I still get a lot of weird pains. Yeah. Even though, like, I still, like, I try to move my body whenever I can, but, like, I still mostly sit down 90% of the time. Yeah. So, like, if my knee suddenly is like, oh, it's probably because I'm experiencing some kind of a negative emotion deep in my soul. I, you know. I need to work out. And and to make that connection, um, at least in my experience, it's taken some work. I have been so, and I'm not alone in this, right? I've been so disconnected from myself, from my somatic experience, just what my body is telling me, what my thoughts are telling me, um, that honestly, if there was some sort of way to have an implant in my jugular to organize my thoughts. (laughs) Oh my God, make it stop. It's so, it's so scary. I, I, we're we're talking about this and, and I just am now like so concerned about what I'm going to be dreaming about tonight. Uh, oh my gosh. I, I shouldn't have brought it up. <clears throat> <laughs> it's definitely, listen, I, I did my research on my article, but I, I think not that it's a win-lose, but I, I very much enjoyed the first one. I'll wrap mine up by saying, if you have ever sort of experienced toxic positivity or even guilted or shamed yourself, into fully experiencing your negative emotions or your negative experiences, which are valid um, and which are important to experience, I would say definitely take a look not only at sort of how that makes you feel, 
but also a number of references out there that can sort of guide you on how to have a more authentic experience, um, mm-hmm. which may flip that feeling down, feeling upside down to feeling great. <laughs> Hold on. I know. So what I you're know. saying is don't put things in your jugular mm. unless you have to. And then also sit with the negative, let yourself feel it, go through it, mm-hmm. and then see if there's like a nice safe, like a nice safe little like positive pillow that you can land on. That's outside of the like Instagram bros who are like, just cheer up. Yeah, exactly. I, I really, I really feel that's exactly what I'm saying. And I do want to make it very abundantly clear that our articles, we, even though we didn't think that they related, they definitely relate. Yours is about not being able to feel. And mine is being able to feel and not wanting to. Oh my Ooh. gosh. It's like they both go in the same drawer. In the same junk drawer. <laughs> <laughs>